Hello, welcome back to the Flawless Takes podcast, the podcast covering your unbeatable New York Giants and the World Cup 2022 in Qatar. My name is Christian Miola. I am here as always with my co-host, Chris Landera. Chris, how are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling great. Feeling well rested off the bye week that we took with the Giants. Feeling strong. Then uh, got to watch us overpower a, a, a lesser opponent at home in the uh, Houston Texans. And um, yeah, looking forward to more football and some turkey on the horizon. That is that is true. Uh, you know, the, I think we've talked about this last year that Thanksgiving is your your pound for pound favorite holiday. Is that accurate? It's, it's absolutely number one. Yep. It's number one. It's, it's, All right. Number yeah. one with a bullet. And you get to look forward to some World Cup soccer during this this Thanksgiving yep. holiday. We got a game against Wales coming up, and then England that Friday. So uh, a lot of sports to come over the. And the Giants play two games as well Sunday yeah. and, and Thursday. It's pretty crazy. Uh, this is like the busiest we'll be on this podcast. We might have to record yes. twice next week. I don't know. It's um, possible. Yeah. So. Uh, let's get right into it and start with uh, our New York Giants. I was, uh, you know, in the happiest place on earth this past week and did not get to see the game in full. So I'll, uh, you know, just ask you some questions about the Giants' win against the Texans. Um, from what I saw, it was not a bad one to miss. I don't know if you agree with that. It seemed like <laughs> yes, not the I most would've... exciting game uh, in the world. It, it, you are certainly right. If you if you were um, had to pick one game this season to avoid uh this probably was it up up to this point now further down the line we could have some different results that'll that would uh make me change that statement but yes it was not the most aesthetically pleasing game for sure mm-hmm. um the giants went in with a very low risk game plan um kind of just pounce. they knew that they were playing the the worst team probably the worst team in the league at home um the the texans have one win one tie on the season they have the inside track to the number one pick in the draft the Giants clearly knew that and decided that they could win this game by just basically running Saquon Barkley up the middle for 30, 30 or so plays. And um, to their credit, it worked, but it did not make for the uh, most entertaining game to watch, I would say. And um, they used uh, a, they used a lot of like wild sets with like extra alignment. I don't know if you saw this in the All-22 that you watched, but like a couple of plays – they actually used. They had eight offensive linemen in the game at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I, I saw like Nick Gates as an extra tight end a few times and stuff. Yeah. so I did see some of that. Really, yeah. just really just tried to like goon them up. And um, I guess the the game, the first half was just, I mean, real low scoring, a lot, a lot of punting back and forth. Then um, it's early in the third quarter, the Giants kind of broke it open. They they uh, <laughs> threw a ball out to Darius Slayton in the flat. And he was able to break a tackle and take it like for like a, it was like a 70 yard touchdown, I think. Um, and then that kind of gave them a little breathing room. And then they kind of just saw the game out from there. But yeah, it was, it was not pretty. That's for sure. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the risk of loading up Saquon with 35 carries in a moment, but you know, my one thought on that game plan, and if, if you read any of the Brian Dable in, interviews afterwards, he was a little, I felt a little coy with the response because, you know, the reporters were asking, like, everyone seemed surprised that there wasn't more of, like, a, more wrinkles, like, as we've seen from this offense. Mm-hmm. This seemed like a really back-to-basics approach. And yes. I, 
not sure what to attribute that to totally, but one thought I had is this was the easiest game on the schedule, so maybe yep. anything that they have up their sleeve, they're not exactly. going to put, put on exactly. tape before big games against Dallas and the Eagles and the Redskins, excuse me, the Commanders coming up in the, uh, you know, the next week. So um, I would hope that they have, a little more razzle-dazzle up their sleeve that we've seen from them previously in the first half of the season. It, it was funny watching the uh, takes on Twitter change from during the game to after the game because mm-hmm. dur- during the game, it was a lot of people complaining like, oh, why are they being so vanilla on offense? They're, they're, they're just not like doing anything tricky and, and, and people were getting annoyed because the game – was like kind of still in the balance at that point. Mm-hmm. And then post game, you saw a lot of takes like, wow, it, genius. This is Parcells level stuff, winning the game like this without yeah. showing any, anything to your future opponents. So it's, yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Giants Twitter, man. I don't yeah. know. It doesn't, they, they doesn't just, make, it doesn't make me endear to Giants fans in general. I'll just they want it. They want it every way possible. Every well, I guess that's. Every, I'm sure if you looked at any fan base on Twitter, yes. like yes. you would encounter the same thing. It's a it's a self selecting group of psychopaths for sure. <laughs> when you're when you're live tweeting games, um, but uh, you know, I, I think the the low risk game plan makes sense. I th- I think they are still missing Bellinger. They're still missing Neal. Like. I, I saw there's a touchdown by a practice squad tight end cager, a guy I've never heard of before. So, I mean, the the, the cabin is pretty bare as far as offensive weaponry. Um, it's it, it. I did want to comment on one thing. It is remarkable that uh, Darius Slayton has sort of come all the way back this season because if you look back to the summer, he was like with the third team essentially and not getting any looks and credit to him for enduring that. And, and, and the the trade rumors, he was really like a candidate to be traded this preseason. And he came back from that. And I mean, basically he's our number one receiver right now. Yeah. Yeah. So good for him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he, he's a limited player in a lot of ways as we know, but he is fast and you know, he did that play he made, you know, not the, not the, cackling clinic you would want to see but uh (laughs) you know you take what you can get and he made it work so good for him on a big play um i mentioned it before i guess we're not re-signing saquon is that the uh (laughs) the lesson from the last few weeks of the giant season it seemed like very interesting timing to give saquon 35 carries this week yeah um when just a few days earlier um it was announced that he Saquon's agent and the Giants will be tabling talks on his contract extension for uh, until the end of the season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of uh, felt like someone trying to get as many miles off their car before they have to turn the lease in. Uh, I mean, 35 in an NFL game is just absolutely ridiculous, especially when you have like a perfectly competent backup in Matt, in Matt Breida, who's like, I think is like a fairly good player. I, I don't know. I understand the game plan is you just want to run between the tackles. We're going to overpower this team. They don't have much on offense coming back at us, but like, you know, you can, you can split the workload up a little more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it seemed like it was tough sledding too. I know he broke a few into like the 15 to 25 range, but it seemed like a lot of, you know, four and five yards. Four and five, yeah. Yeah, which is tough. Um, 
another thing I, I know you wanted to talk about, and I'm glad you brought it up, is Dexter Lawrence continues oh. to have like an All Pro caliber season here. Uh, the by far the best season he's had as a Giant, and yeah, I I don't know how much that is just the natural sort of progression of his career or something's changed with the utilization and the coaching, but um, it is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Something has really clicked with him because he has really separated himself as like, if you ask who is the best player on the Giants defense, it is absolutely Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, He had five from playing from a position where it's not really easy to get your hands on the ball or the ball carrier. He had five tackles, a sack and five QB hits. I'm pretty sure like a, Five QB hits coming from the position that he plays is like borderline ridiculous, actually. Yeah. Like those guys don't get to touch the quarterback that much from where they're rushing on the field. No, absolutely. And I, I mean it looks like Leonard Williams is 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 kind of rounding into form as well. We're still not really getting anything from Ojolari all season. And he's just it, he just hasn't got over that calf injury. He just, he yeah. just can't get over the hump with it. Yeah. And then Thibodeau. It still continues to flash, but it, it's mostly the interior where the uh, the yeah. defensive line is, is being successful. So I actually saw a, um, a press conference t- today with Wink Martindale, and he was actually like effusive in um, talking about uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and how he's not getting the, the sacks, but he's like an absolute team player drawing double teams. And, you know, they've missed a lot of holding calls on him and that like the Wink Martindale is completely happy with what Thibodeau has what, done. The you're, production. You're, yeah, yeah, you're not seeing it in this in the stats, mm-hmm. but I, he had like he used some like weird like wink terminology like we want to open cans and he's a can opener or something. Okay. Like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Wink. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I I think um I think there's some sacks coming in his future. He's he, he's we're all right with his production. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. things that that yeah. comes. Sacks are not always the best way to. To look at these these guys, you just yes. want them to considerly getting pressures. Pressure, and, you want pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I know we want to talk about special teams. Uh, Oof, man, I this is not something that came up in the game summary. So tell me what we were seeing here. Yeah, this this is. I would say special teams was probably the shakiest part of the game. Um, before the bye, um, we had a punt returner who. Um, Fumbled a couple of punts in the Seahawks game, Richie James, mm-hmm. and ended up with a concussion. So uh, going into the bye, I guess the Giants basically held tryouts with with like five players on the team. Competition was won by our number one cornerback, Adoree Jackson. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't like I'm, – I'm just going to come outside. I don't like using a starting player no. returning punts. I think no. – you're any, best any, by far, far, you know, cornerback. By you don't far, want to put at risk. <laughs> um, I, I think any, especially older Giants fan who remembers Jason Seahorn, um, the Giants put him back returning kickoffs, and he suffered a horrific knee injury. It basically was not the same after that. Um, yep. So I am not a fan of using uh, starting players there, but he was the guy, um, and they they already announced they're going to use him in the next game. So. You know, I guess you just got to keep your fingers crossed there. Um, besides that, um, our our Scottish punter um, Gillen did not mm-hmm. have did not cover himself in glory at this game. Uh, he he had a couple of punts where he was trying to 
pinned the ball inside the 20. One, he just kicked completely into the end zone. The next one, he he tried to put more air under it, and he ended up having like a 17-yard punt on it. So um, I I think there's some question marks there with um, can can he place the ball um, inside the 10 when, in, you know, in that coffin corner, uh, he, he did not have a good game. He has a big leg. Like when he just, you know, needs to like let it rip, he's fine. Yeah. But um, it's, it's those touch punts that he, he seems to struggle with. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember when he's had one of, I don't know if he's had one all season where he's like tucked it in, you know, and yeah. kicked it out of bounds within the 10, you know, that right. sort of thing. Like, <laughs> That's not it doesn't appear to be his game necessarily. Right. Um, I, I guess maybe that's also why he was available in free agency and not on somebody's team. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's an area hopefully that, you know, in the future they can improve on. Um, yep. But yeah, he hasn't. And I obviously, like I said, I didn't watch the game fully, but he has not really impressed me too much. Um, let's look ahead a little bit. Um, Lions coming up. Some people are describing this as a bit of a trap game. It's a home game. Um, Lions are three and six. You know, four days later, you know, Giants obviously playing on Thanksgiving in Dallas. Um, what are your thoughts heading into this game on Sunday? Well, I, I 100% agree. It's it's absolutely a trap game because you have that monster game with the Cowboys on Thanksgiving now looming. Um, Brian Dable, even in, in the press conference this week, said because you have the short week after this game that they're basically preparing for both, both. Teams, the Lions yeah. and the Cowboys, which kind of like sounds like a great idea for the Cowboys because you're getting in early preparation, but maybe not as much for the Lions. I don't know. But I mean, I, I think when you when you hear Detroit Lions, most people think like, oh, just a a bad opponent that you just roll over at home. Yeah. But this version of the Detroit lions can put some points on the board. They've they're feisty. Yeah. They've scored 30 points in, in a game like multiple times this year. Yeah. Their defense stinks is the thing. Their defense is bad. But can we take advantage of that? Right. That's the question. It's definitely like a more interesting game than last week. It'll, it'll, it's going to have more big plays. Yeah. Um, And the giants are going to have to, open it up a little more on offense. Daniel Jones is going to have to make some throws in this one, which he wasn't really called on to do in, in against the Texans. So yeah, yeah it's an, it's an interesting opponent. I think, um, I think the, the it's supposed to be fairly cold weather, like in the thirties and windy on, um, on Sunday. And I, I think that works in, in our advantage a little, especially with the way that we can just like pound Saquon at you. So um, yeah, um, it's definitely, they're three and six, but they won two in a row, and the and uh, the Giants certainly better not be looking ahead to the Cowboys. So, let's take a broader look at the NFC. It's striking that we are in second place, not only in the NFC East but also in the NFC at large. Totally, yeah. You know, like Eagles and Vikings, we know they're eight and one, but then it's just the Giants at seven and two. Before you get to the Cowboys at six, six and three, and three. Seahawks yep. six and four, Bucks five and five. Like it's not like we said, the NFC is pretty mediocre. The NFL in general, I think this year is pretty mediocre in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, are they playing for a, a like a buy right now? Like, <laughs> is, is, is that what we're talking? I mean, about? I guess I guess technically we are, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're one game 
out of the one seed in your conference, you are playing for a bye. It sounds ridiculous to say because certainly the meat of our schedule is is still ahead of us with Mm -hmm. having to travel to Dallas, having two games with the Eagles and a game with the Vikings. And all of a sudden, the uh, Washington Commanders seem a little resurgent down there. Yeah, they're five and five. They've gotten to five and five. And they're like knocking on the door for the playoffs as well. Like the, the whole division. Has a yeah. shot to make the playoffs. Here. That that won't wild. hold once we get through the next month because we're I, all playing each other. So like that right. that, that can't you know maintain itself. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's wild. So um, it's going to be fun. But and this is exactly what we we talked about. Like even better than we could have asked for. We wanted oh. to be on the in the hunt. Yes, you know, that, I wanted to bring that up as well. How we, we at the beginning of the season we were like, just get us on the in the hunt board. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. graphic on Thanksgiving. No, we're, we, we're we've done that. We're we're the five seed right now, yeah. And we're we're playing the Bucks. Uh, you know, a winnable game on the road, <laughs> right? You know? So like, yeah. that we're in real good shape. It's yep. been very fun. Um, the the next obviously the next stretch will be telling, but let's we're all all along for the ride. So absolutely. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back and get deep into the World Cup. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you in a moment. All right. We're back. Switching gears here. World Cup 2022 in Qatar. Qatar. I never know how to say that, but I'm saying Qatar. Uh, What we're going to do, how we're going to talk about this, we're going to go, we're soccer experts. I don't know if everybody knows that listening to this. Like, we're longtime soccer heads. We know it all. We know all the players, all the teams. Um, inside and out. So you're in the right place here, fans. Uh, we're going to go group by group. We're not going to do deep dives on every team. We're just going to give an overview, um, you know, what we expect to happen, who are the, the sharks and minnows here, um, and any sort of like uh, dark horses and, and long shots that we want to uh, highlight as we go. So I think everyone understands the format. It's eight groups of four teams, Top two advance into the knockout rounds. Um, group play starts this coming Sunday with Qatar. Um, and then we play Monday, which will be fun. Uh, yep. I, I have to clear my work schedule somehow. I got to move some calls around. Yeah, 2 uh, o'clock so, on Monday, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So Group A is um, an interesting one. Uh, the host is always in Group A. Um, and usually they make it a sort of a, a lighter group, you know, to give the host the chance. I've always found um, the host always gets into a, an easier group. This one's a little tricky. Um, Netherlands is, is, I guess, the the favorite. Um, Senegal, who will not have Sadio Mane, it was announced today. Um, they're, they're talisman. Uh, Ecuador and then Qatar. The hosts I can't imagine can get through unless there's something I don't know. Um, just looking at this team, these teams, it, it seems like Netherlands a give a gimme, um, and then I, you know, Senegal has been on the brink a couple times to making it. Uh, Ecuador, not a, a real powerhouse historically from uh, Congobol, Con- I don't know, the South American Federation. So, you know, I think it's really Netherlands, Senegal, or Ecuador, probably Senegal. Um, but I don't know if you had any other thoughts on this group. So up until the when I saw the Sadio Mane news drop today that he's out for the tournament, Senegal was actually going to be my dark horse team to 
make like a, a really deep run. Um, partly because I think this is a, a very weak group. Um, Netherlands being the best team in it, they're, th- th- that's like a weak powerhouse team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the other groups, you have England in Group B, Argentina in Group C, France in Group D. You know, like Netherlands, I, although, I mean, they're, they, they claim to be on the way back here. Like they're, they're about to have like a, a little bit of renaissance with the Dutch soccer, but I just don't think they're there yet. Um, I still absolutely think they'll get through here. Um, but now without Mane, I, I'm not sure they're a lock to, to go through over Ecuador. I, I think the, the loss of Mane there may be too much for them to overcome. So I think I'm going to take Netherlands and Ecuador to go through. And I, I think Qatar will nick a point or two off, off someone here. I think they will um, find a way to get a draw against either, against either Ecuador or Senegal. Good predictions. Moving on, Group B. This is the one that we care about as Americans. England, U.S. of A, Wales, and Iran. Um, England's a clear-cut favorite here. They absolutely tore through UEFA qualifying. Although their form and the results of late have been less strong in, in friendlies in the run-up here. But certainly in this group, they, they would be picked to win and advance. It gets interesting um, when we start talking about second place. We talked about the U.S. a lot last time. Um, I still believe that they are the strongest of the three here. Um, it's really, I think, going to come down to maybe the, the USA-Wales match on Monday. is yeah. just massive. It's huge. You know, um, they lose that game, they're out, I would say. You know, like, it, it's probably a, a tough role. Like, if they it's lose that game... If if they lose that game, then they abs- pretty much absolutely have to find a way to draw with England, which yes. is like such an uphill climb. Yeah, like like a, a point against England is, is like an incredible result. So, yeah, so it, it it would very much behoove them to to win the first game against Wales. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. It's going to be uh, an interesting uh, couple days here. Hopefully, um, U.S. can find a way to get it. Um, they are coming in. It seems like they're, they're kind of healthy right now. So, uh, and since we last spoke, things are, you know, arrow pointing up, uh, but we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, before we move on to group C, my, my club team, uh, Swansea play, play in Wales. So I follow a lot of Welsh media on Twitter and they basically, the Welsh are looking at this game pretty at this group the same way that the Americans are. Like they, they kind of feel like they have a really, really, really good chance to go through here. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just thought like the perspective is funny because I think like as Americans, we're looking at this like oh like Wales like okay England's the best team in the group and then we're better than Iran and Wales and we should we should progress. But um, I really think it's like a just about a, a 50 50 proposition between the U S and Wales as to which one, like a yeah. coin flip. And, um, and Iran is going to be stingy. They don't, they're oh, like well organized. Yeah. yeah. Don't concede goals. Park the they're bus. Gonna be, they're going to be yeah. very annoying to play against yep. in a game where we'll probably need points. Um, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. That's their calling card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to group C group C Argentina, Mexico, Poland and Saudi Arabia. Um, Argentina, obvious favorite. Uh, they should outclass Mexico. Um, but 
it's interesting. Messi is 35. This will probably be his last cup, World Cup, I would think. They're, they're kind of an older team from what I can tell. Um, not just Messi, but, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Angel. Uh, oh, Di Maria. Di Maria. You know, yeah. they, they have some old heads that you'll be familiar with. Uh, yeah. I would expect Mexico also to advance here, but uh, Poland is always a, like a solid, like uh, B tier European team. Yep. So you could see uh, them pushing out. Saudi Arabia is just going to get blown out the board here, I would expect. So, yeah. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia clearly the worst team uh, in, in the group here. Uh, the funny thing about Argentina is they're actually on a streak of. Uh, an undefeated streak where they're two games away from the all-time record that's held by Italy. Um, so if, if they advance to the quarterfinal, quarterfinals, or actually they could get in the group stage, um, they will have the uh, longest consecutive unbeaten streak in, in, the, in the history of um, national team soccer. So I don't really favor them to win the tournament, but I really they'll, they will not have any time getting out of Group C. I actually favor Poland to go through over Mexico. I don't think this is like a great Mexican team right now. I think they're kind of like in between generations, mm. and I don't know. I could just see Poland kind of you know lobbing some long balls into Lewandowski that he can get ahead on. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take Argentina and Poland to go through there. All right. Next group: France, Denmark, Tunisia, Australia. Um, I think France and Denmark are both uh, – France is probably – well, they are in the betting number two uh, behind Brazil. Um, so they're the headliner of Group D for sure. Um, Denmark also very good. Um, should yeah. not be underestimated. Made it to the semifinals of Euro mm-hmm. 2020. They're a good team. Yep. Um, I don't know much – I can't pretend to know too much about Australia or Tunisia but I would just expect France and Denmark to advance here. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think you can really pick Australia or, Tun- or Tunisia to go through. I mean, Australia always makes a tournament just because of the qualifying that they come through is, is fairly easy. Um, they The, the Socceroos generally don't uh, progress through the group stage, and I don't think they will here. Yeah. For, for, France and Denmark will be a, a, a very good watch when they play each other in that game, but um, and you you absolutely have to favor those two to go through. All right, moving on. Interesting group here in E. Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, and Japan. Um, Spain-Germany game, November 27th. That should be a great one in the mm-hmm. – you know, that's a historic – uh, tie in, in, in Europe. Really a good one to watch. Um, I would, Japan's one of my dark horses. I, yeah. I think they're, I mean, they beat up on the U S and that's not why, but they're, they're good and they are fit. And yep. one thing to always be aware of, and this is like one of those anecdotal historical things. One of the European powerhouses always seem to flame out in the yep. world cup. It's usually Italy. It's Italy usually flames out or wins it. Like that's how mm-hmm. they roll. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Germany or, or yeah is is the victim if, here and Japan if, sneaks through. So don't you know something to be aware of. I'm a hundred percent on the same page there. Um, I I do, however, I think Spain in the in the um, in the betting aspect here. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think pl- placing a dollar on them to win the tournament is, is, is not a bad bet. I think they're being slept on a little. Um, I think they're, they're midfield. They're going through a generational change from like the Xavi Iniesta's to the, to the, the Pedri's now. And those players are farther along, I think, than people realize. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think they have a good chance to make the final. Um, and I also agree with you, though. Japan does have a chance here to, to, to sneak out over Germany. It's a, Germany's kind of glory days seem to be behind them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Japan does seem, I mean, we saw them against the U S they completely dominated them. They have, they have yeah. a, a, a not spectacular, but just solid side. Um, so they have a chance here. Costa Rica is, is yeah. they're, they're fodder. They're, they're old, fish they're, food. They're, they're, yeah. they're, 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 their average yeah. age, I think is like 42. Like, they, yeah, it's the same. Team, it's the same. <laughs> they've been qualifying with the same team since 2008. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like, I like Spain and Japan there as well. <clears throat> Need a cough button over here. You take um, up a little vid down in Florida. No, it's not vid. I, I had it before <laughs> I went. I got every. I'm like I'm patient zero. Oh, there. you got They're everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Group F moving on. <laughs> we got Belgium, Croatia, Canada, and Morocco. Um, Belgium's had this like golden generation thing going on for like four world cups now i think the golden generation is kind of done at this point um i don't know i mean i i think they're they might not be as good as advertised perhaps um i canada another one of my dark horses um i think has an opportunity to sneak through here morocco is in the fish fodder category i don't know uh if you have thoughts on i don't have much to say about croatia but they are a good side and always I, bring a big team. I, I don't think I can. I mean, Belgium should progress here. I mean, they're they're like, honestly, always the dark horse team in every tournament. And it's like now no one's even like talking about them. It's almost mm-hmm. like maybe maybe now is the year, you know, maybe like now's their time that everyone's like kind of not kind of done with them. them. It's, yeah. it's like it's the post type sleeper, right? Exactly. It's, yeah. Um, so I think they go through. Um, I don't think I can pick Canada to get in over Croatia. Croatia is just so good in these tournaments. They have, yeah. they still have that like old guard too of like Modric and um, the guy that Spurs just signed. Um, uh, oh, Para, uh, yeah, Perisic. Like those, yeah. they're just so grimy, and they know like uh, they just know how to win, man. So I'll I'll take Belgium and, and Croatia. I think Canada, Canada finishes third there. Unfortunately, for a great story, though, Canada qualifying for the tournament for the first time since 1986, I believe. Wow. Um, all right. Next up, Group G Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, and Cameroon. Um, Brazil is the betting favorite to win the whole thing. So I would expect them to advance. Um, interesting. Brazil, Switzerland, and Serbia were together in Group E in Russia. Yeah, in... I, I remember Switzerland and Brazil playing each other. When, when yeah. the groups came out, I was like, uh, I think that's happened before. <laughs> yeah, the, Costa Rica was in that group as well. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, Br- Brazil is team of stars, obviously. You know, it, you never know what they're going to do in the knockout rounds, but as mm-hmm. far as, as the group, I would just think on pure talent, they're an easy way to walk out. Switzerland also very good. They've made it out of the group stage um, 
I think a lot. Like the last three or four World Cups, at least I always feel like they advance. They're a tough team. Yeah. Yeah. They have yes. like a they have like a bunch of Albanians on their team who like emigra- emigrated to like Shakiri and, and and a bunch of other guys who like immigrated to Switzerland from like during like wars and stuff. But they have like they've had a solid run there. So um I I mean Brazil goes through very quickly and easily here, but I feel like you could almost just of the other three, I, I, I can't almost can't even pick one. I, I'll take Cameroon um, to, to, to go through here. Why? I don't really know. They have uh, they have a player, Olivier and Cham that plays for my club team. So I'll, I'm going to pull, pull for them. There you go. Yeah. You got to have a reason. Um, yep. Doesn't seem like there's like a real, usually there's like one African team that everyone's excited about. Uh, you know, I think about Ivory Coast in the Drogba days or Ghana. Yes, Ghana. Ghana has been that team. You know, yeah. does not seem like there's one that everyone is, um, especially with Mane out now for Senegal, there's not like that superstar um, yeah. around to try to, you know, lead one of the African teams at, deep into the tournament, which is a shame because I always like when the African teams. Are so, so do I. They're, I mean, they're always very entertaining. Yeah. Always have the best uniforms as well. Yep. Um, all right, so that's an overview of the group. Overall, though, you're looking around. We talked about some of the teams we think are going to advance. Who You mentioned Spain as a, a potential, I wouldn't say a dark Wait, do horse. We, do we want to look at Group H, though? Oh, did I miss Group H? Yeah, we got, we just got, we got one group left. Oh, okay. Sorry, I sort of ra- raced through there. That's all uh, right. Good call. Group H, uh, Portugal, Uruguay, South Korea, and Ghana. Um, it's a tough group. That's an interesting one, right? Yeah, like, yeah. there's no softies, it feels no, like. No, there's and, no layups. Yeah. So this, <laughs> this is a really interesting one. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think Portugal is still pretty loaded. They'll get, they'll get through there. But then uh, the, the second team is, t- is tough for me. Yeah. I mean, Uruguay, I, they have – it's, like it's Suarez, old it's guys. So, Suarez, it's, it's Cavani, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, Diego, Godin. Yep. You know, it's, it's like this, the old guard. It's the same faces. but <laughs> And sometimes that works, but sometimes yep. they, those teams just fall absolutely flat when that happens too. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about South Korea, honestly. Um, they're, but they're not pushovers, uh, just thinking about it. And, and uh, you know, Ghana as well, historically a, a strong African side. So – very interesting. Uh, if I'm betting, I'd probably take Portugal and Uruguay, but yeah, that's same. that's chalk, I guess. But yeah, I could see one of the other two uh, finding their way in. Probably Portugal is is a safe bet though to to get out. Yes, I would agree. All right, moving on. Um, so overall, I know you mentioned Spain as somebody you have a team you have your eye on. Uh, you know, outside of Brazil, France. Any other teams that sort of spark your interest that you think could could have a real deep run here? Um, actually, the, the the team in Group H, Portugal, um, I think is is not being talked about enough. I think they have um, a lot of firepower. People kind of like look at them and just think about Ronaldo being like old now and, and struggling yeah. at, at at Man U. But um, they have if look at their the starting eleven they're going to put out there. They have some serious firepower. Um, so I'm going to go with the, uh, the the two Iberian Peninsula teams um, outside um, as 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 
I'll pick them to make the semis. I'll say I'll, I'll, that'll be that'll be my flawless take. Okay, interesting. Both of them. Both of them get to the semis. Yeah, I we mentioned it earlier in the show. I would just expect. I'm not going to make any specifics. I I honestly don't have. If I'm going to be boring, I'm going to say France is going to win. Um, mm. But you know who knows? France, like I mentioned with Italy, has a long history of absolutely disastrous world cup runs so it could be roses or thorns you never know with them but um i would just expect the unexpected i think injuries are going to play a bigger part in this tournament i feel like they already are right before the the tournament even starts there's so many guys out they already are and i think that it will only continue i think you will see in the group stages significant injuries that will alter the face of the tournament um, just because of the way this is laid out, I'm still curious about the weather. Um, I hope there's no off the field issues uh, that, right. that lead to, you know, distractions and things like that. I know everyone's, you know, in Qatar saying everyone's welcome and everything's, you know, hunky dory, but yeah. you know, who, who could say, um, there's no saying that now, but we'll see when there's, you know, 2,000 angry English, drunken Englishmen marching towards the stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a different, yeah. Yeah. England's an interesting story. Like, if you look at their roster, I want to, I would think they would do very well. Um, And they, like we mentioned, they are certainly loaded. But I, I think they will obviously get out of the group, but I would not be surprised with a quick exit um, for them after. So if you're looking for teams to disappoint, um, I guess that might not be that surprising with England's history in the world cup, but you know, if they lose, that's a, that's a, that's a bold take because I think England is like a top, you could probably sneak them into like a top five team in the tournament. Yeah. Behind France, um, Brazil and um, Argentina. You you could put England at four. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. I'm very curious to see how it plays out. I'm very curious to see how it's received and v- viewed. It's just an odd time for this type of tournament. Um, you know, people love the World Cup, but in the summertime, it's easier to like, you know, people's schedules are just different, I feel like. And this time of year, I just don't know yeah. how much traction Wales us on monday is gonna get nationally like do people even know that's happening do you know especially especially in the united states like this yes this time of year for everyone is so busy everyone has so much stuff going on Mm -hmm. that it it feels like this this world cup could actually like fly under the radar a little yeah that's what i'm thinking like it'll be (laughs) interesting especially if the u.s has a quick exit like i think it'll be crickets for the rest of the tour yeah yes i can actually see that yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting i'm really looking forward to it the games are right around the corner um like we said early in the show i think we should probably come back early in the week maybe monday night even we can do a giants uh wales u.s yes u.s wales uh, recap recap and then maybe I don't know. Maybe we do a Friday Giants Cowboys. Uh, we do a live cast. I don't know. We we got the, the podcast there. could be coming at you fast and furious, people. Yeah, so get ready. So um, be a fun couple weeks here. Uh, we're all looking forward to it. Uh, so until then, uh, stay safe out there, and we'll talk again soon. Mm-hmm.